helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Those who refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So I'm old enough to remember the Soviet Union and the Marxist nations it held under its sway. I remember the wall separating East and West Germany, the, the secret police of the various Eastern Bloc nations, and the violent suppression of any dissent. I also remember the rhetoric about how Marxist dictators had to rule with an iron fist in order to bring about the utopian class of society they kept promising but never actually delivered. I also remember when most people thought that not only had the Marxist theory failed, but that it would forever be banished from the face of the earth. They were wrong. See, today we see the same flawed and destructive ideas, but with different names like Antifa, BLM, DEI, Wokeism, the 1619 Project, and scariest of all, corporate America. What are the effects of our modern infatuation with Marxism? What does this bode for our future? So I see the same poverty-riddled, totalitarian, dystopian nightmare that led to walls being needed to keep the people in. Walls patrolled by armed guards with orders to shoot anyone trying to leave the alleged workers' paradise that anyone could see was nothing but a nightmare. Is that America's future? Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. I am so glad you could join me today. You know, I, I think we are, those of us who live in America, are, are blessed by the nation we were bought, born into. And I think we don't always take, uh, take stock of, of what we actually have. Now again, I'm old enough to remember when Marxism was not only thriving, but growing, and we were being told it was the wave of the future. But let's make sure we've got our terms settled here. Now, Marxism is a, is a form of socialism that was uh, based on the principles and policies of Karl Marx. It was a theory and practice of socialism, including the labor theory of value, the dialectic materialism, the class struggle, and dictatorship of the proletariat, well, until they could establish a classless society. A society, by the way, that never seemed to show up. The, the labor theory of value never seemed to work. I remember, you know, the Soviet Union, this vast country with huge natural resources that couldn't feed itself. So when I see the American people heading down this direction... I, I, I'm concerned for my, my future, the, the, the future my daughter will live in. Now, there were Marxist groups in the United States, and I'm not saying that's, that never happened, but it seems that the, these different Marxist groups are being not just adopted, they're being embraced, they're being encouraged more and more, not simply by the alleged proletariat that wants to protect their positions, but by common everyday people and how they decide to live their lives. Now, of course, the first question we want to ask is, well, how did we get here? If the 20th century's example of tens of millions of people killed under these different variations of socialism and these Marxist theories, why would people go back to them? Well, I think in large part because of our education system. 
not simply the system, but, but the education that we've been given. For example, uh, like I said, when I was a kid in school, we still did what we used to call duck and cover drills, where uh, we would prepare for a potential nuclear strike from the Soviet Union. We lived with it. it. It was part of our lives. And since the Soviet Union and, and the Eastern Bloc is effectively gone, many people have you know, alive today never grew up with that reality, with wondering whether or not your life would be snuffed out in an instant because, well, a couple of, of bosses decided that uh, we had to engage in, in a thermonuclear war. But the education also changed because, again, I, I was born in the 60s and I saw in the 60s and 70s as more and more of the, the teachers seemed to be promoting this Marxist idea, the, the idea that, that this is how things would, this is where the world was going. And you better be on the right side of history. Where have you heard that one before? See, then I saw this article. It's based on a Fox News story that looked at the final draft of a resolution passed by the Colorado Education Association. This is a major teachers union in the state of Colorado. And in this, dra- this resolution, they, they write, CEA believes that capitalism requires exploitation of children, public schools, land, labor, and or resources. Capitalism is in opposition to fully addressing systemic racism, the school-to-prison pipeline, climate change, patriarchy, gender and LGBT disparities, educational education inequality, and income inequality. So uh, the teachers union in Colorado, a major one, representing many of the teachers in Colorado, believe that capitalism is disastrous. The capitalism that raised more people out of poverty than any other system ever tried, ever conceived of, as far as I know. The the capitalism that has spread um, the ability to to find food, to have food readily available, to get access to clean water, to make energy cheaper, products cheaper, labor more effective. They see it as evil. They, they see it as, as exploitative. These, by the way, these are the exact same, well, not the exact same. These are the same ideas I heard back in the 70s and early 80s from the Marxists that capitalism required exploitation of children. Funny, I remember at the age 14, I got papers that said I could work as a child. Today, we don't have children working, so I don't see a lot of exploitation there. I don't see the exploitation of, of public schools land, labor, resources, these are all a flawed understanding of capitalism, partially because we don't have capitalism in the United States. Let me put that right out front. We don't have, because the markets aren't free. The markets are controlled and regulated. But what I, the next thing I saw was really interesting. See, there was a screenshot taken of an earlier draft of this particular uh, uh, resolution, and in it, they added some very interesting words because there was a line that declared that the CEA's goal will be to dismantle capitalism and replace it with a new equitable economic system. Oh, they want to take away capitalism and replace it with Marxism. Now, for the, those of you younger than I am that didn't experience, do a little research on the 20th century. Do a little research on, on, on the Soviet Union, uh, and, and which again, was one of the Marxist uh, uh, probably the best-known Marxist country. You can take a look at, at, at China the, with its Maoist uh, uh, 
system, which is very similar. And what do you find? You find poverty. You find stagnation. You find oppression. And you find tens of millions of people killed in the name of the state. Now, I don't know off the top of my head how far and wide this Marxist utopianist nonsense has been taught to our teachers. But it appears that the Colorado Teachers Union has said the, uh, the part out loud that most people don't realize. If the teachers are being taught that capitalism, the foundation of a free economy, is bad, well, aren't they going to teach the children that freedom and liberty are bad? That you need to be told by the government how to live your life? How, do you, how children should be treated? How you should your land, your labor, the resources? Now, some of you are saying, Paul, you're exaggerating. We're not becoming Marxist. Well, I don't know. Take a look at this movement of wokeism. The idea that, you know, special knowledge and, and there are certain political affairs and you have to follow what the proletariat says. See, it's just Marxism dressed up with some, some 21st century terms. But it still comes down to um, the old Marxist adage. From each according to his means to each according to his needs. Every time someone talks about equity rather than equality, you should be thinking Karl Marx. You should be thinking from each according to his means to each according to his needs. We will take from you as much as we can and we'll distribute it to others. And that we is always somebody else. It's not you deciding how best to use your labor, your resources. It's always somebody, it's always some special people. It's always some proletariat that is doing this. Now, the part that truly disturbs me is I'm watching while corporate America, businesses at, at, at so many levels, seem to be embracing these, these Marxist doctrines under the guise of, well, you know, it's race, it's equity, it's DEI, it's corporate, uh, you know, corporate responsibility. They're all the same thing. It, whether you call it woke or DEI or whatever, it's this utopianist idea that if the right few people are in charge, suddenly we will end up in a utopia. That, that somehow, uh, by treating people differently based on race, we'll get rid of racism. That, that treating people differently based on their, their um, financial backgrounds will come up with equality. And we never look to the times these were tried. The fact that the closest, whenever you tried, whenever one of these marks a state came to equality, it was always the lowest common denominator. They didn't bring everybody up. They brought everybody down. And as I look at businesses, you know, it's funny, I keep telling people, I spent, what, 20, 25 years working in corporate America. And I had a very good career and I had a very good time when I was there. But I got tired of it. And I am so glad I left that corporate America because I look at this today and say, I don't know that I could live in corporate America. I have a friend that, that moved to Tennessee recently and uh, he works in corporate America. And he says he, he works in corporate America, in his words, because, well, he's got kids that he's got to pay for college, but as soon as that's done, he wants out. But it's interesting because he's, on multiple occasions, invited me 
to come join him in corporate America. I know if I simply picked up the phone and asked, he would hire me as quickly as possible because he knows my skills, he knows my capabilities. But I don't want to work for corporate. I am trying as hard as I can to avoid working for corporate America again because of the woke, because of the stupid, because of the, the dictatorial totalitarian mentality of corporate America. I don't want to experience that anymore. But what happens when corporate America and that, that dictatorial mindset is driven into everyday commerce? I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, you know, you, you, you look around and, and you've got all the corporate, big, the big box stores. And I admit, they are convenient. Uh, frequently, they have really, really good prices but they also put a lot of rules and regulations in place. You know, when they they started requiring you to wear a mask to go into their buildings, that was a time we should have said, maybe we don't want to listen to these people. Maybe we should go and and find the smaller shops, the local shops, the mom and pop shops. Yes, maybe it'll cost a little more, but would it be worth it? Would it be worth not being talked down to, not being treated like a child that has to be told how to do, how to live every part of their life? Would it be willing to pay a little extra? And I'm concerned because these experiments have been tried in the past. You know, we talk about all of the the offshores, you know, sending jobs overseas. I remember, oh God, it's got to be 15, 20 years ago now. Walmart tried an experiment. They got, they bought these stickers and every product on their shelf that was made in America, they got a made in America sticker on it. And they said, okay, they looked at their sales of the different products and then they put the stickers on and then they looked at the sales afterwards. You know what they found? They found actually fewer made in America products were sold when they were labeled made in America. Listen, I, you know, Cheap clothing is helpful to a lot of people. But we have to decide, is getting cheap clothing worth sending those, sending those jobs, sending that money, sending those resources to a, uh, in this case, a Maoist, a communist country, and not supporting people at home? You know, when COVID was was the news everywhere and I was traveling this country talking about liberty and freedom, I kept telling people, you know, I'm looking for if I'm looking for a place to, to have lunch and I see a chain uh, restaurant and I see a, a local restaurant with a sign out front that says, we respect your rights, no vaccine, no mask, no problem. I'm going to the mom and pop shop. I think the American people need to wake up out of their stupor, get their heads out of their phones, take a look at more than what something costs and ask yourself not just what it costs in dollars, but what it costs in lifestyle, what it costs in um, dependency on others, what it costs in your freedom and your liberty. And ask yourself, what are your rights worth? What are your children's rights worth? Because if we continue the way we've been going, well, a dystopian future is upon us. And I, I have some examples. Where I'll show you what happens when 
even uh, places within the United States adopt these, these Marxist theories. And I don't think you'll like the outcome. But before I go there, I have to take a break. Now, I, I, I'm going to ask you to head over to the, the website, constitutionstudy.com. Uh, that's uh, where you'll find out most of what we're doing here at the Constitution Study. You'll find, the, uh, uh, you'll find mailing lists where you can keep up to date on what's going on here. You can find my latest articles and videos. Uh, you can ask a question. I love when people ask a question. And if you hit a little checkbox, I'll even answer it right here on the radio. But I hope you take an extra step because it takes money to do all of this stuff. And, and I, I've intentionally not focused on the cost of doing things, but if you can support the work that we're doing here at the Constitution Study, that would help as well. Think of me as that little mom-and-pop shop trying to stand against corporate cronyism in Washington, and maybe you can give me a hand. Or maybe you can just share this information so that other people can find out. Now, another place you may want to try, because they got a really good product, is Healthy Cell. They are a leading innovator in products that work at the cellular level, supplements that work at the cellular level to help keep you healthy. Now, are you just tired of being tired? Do you have one of those people that have a hard time falling asleep? Well, try Healthy Cell's REM sleep supplement. It's designed to support all four stages of sleep, help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please, go to HealthyCell.com, put your card together, try REM Sleep or any of their great products, but use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today 
and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. AmericaOutloud.com If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. Working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Everyday America. You rejoined the Constitution study, and today, well, we're asking our Americans, are we as a people repeating the mistakes of Marxist past? And, you know, I, I talked a lot in the first segment about what am I talking about, the Marxist, and, and what I remember from my childhood, young adulthood, dealing with the, the Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc and this, this idea of this Marxist utopia that never appeared. Now, can we see this happening again? As I said, you know, those who refuse to learn from history are doomed to repeat it. That's Santayana, I believe, first said that. At least the first one I found. And I want to look at what's going on in the United States and see, can we learn from this? What can we expect? Now, if there's an example of a Marxist state within the United States, California has to be near the top. Yeah, New York and Illinois may be close behind, but California, boy, it's right up there. So I've been noticing a, a trend in news coming out of California lately that, uh, well, it very much reminds me of the, well, the old Marxist states of the Eastern Bloc. Now you have to understand, California has some of the most amazing resources to, to draw people in. You've got all, you've got beautiful weather in Southern California. You've got beautiful views in Northern California. You have everything from coastal beaches and desert to mountains to wine country, valleys, oceans. I mean, it's got just about everything. From that point of view, California is practically paradise. But there's a problem. You see, people are leaving California. The population of California has declined. California lost a, uh, a member of the House for the first time, I believe, in its history. Now, here's what's interesting. So, uh, I think back in uh, was the 1980s, um, California. There were millions of people going to California. I, I think in it was according to some reports, something like six million people went to California in the 1980s alone. But between 21 and 22, they lost 100, almost 140,000 people. These are people that have left. And now the state's population is a little under 39 million. But it's the trend that I'm seeing that reminds me so much of, well, East Germany. See, when, when after World War II, when Germany and Berlin got split up amongst the different allied powers, and you ended up with East Germany and the, the Marxist regime, people were leaving. People were running from East Germany, so much so that they actually built a wall to keep people in. People talk about the, the wall they, that um, 
some people want to build on our southern border. That's to keep people out. This wall was to keep people in. It had gar armed guards and dogs and people who tried to escape. People risked their lives to escape. Now, granted, no one's really risking their life to try and escape California. But if your population is leaving, one of two things is happening. You know, either the, the, um, the paradise, the shine has come off that apple. Sure, you still have earthquakes and, and landslides and fires, but California's had that for as long as I can remember. Notice, the other thing is the policies. The policies are driving people away. And we've seen this before. We've seen this in, uh, again, the Eastern Bloc countries where people had to risk their lives to leave because of the, the crushing burden that the Marxist theory placed on them. Now, this, this leaving of population from California has another net effect. See, the, it means that the tax base in California goes down as well. In fact, uh, according to IRS data, the, the California's tax base shrank almost over $29 billion. So if, if people leaving California decreases their tax base, well, then California has to decide to do one of two things. Either they have to decrease the amount of services they offer, or they have to increase the taxes on their existing tax base. What happens if you don't do one or the other or both? Well, you end up with a lot of debt. Now, there's been a lot of talk lately about the national debt and the, the, the credit limit, the debt limit, and, and borrowing more money. But there's a significant difference between California's debt and the United States debt. See, the United States can effectively print money out of thin air. Once we came off the gold standard, once we decided that the dollar wasn't going to be anchored to anything tangible, anything real, it became monopoly money. We could simply print it as necessary. And trust me, Congress has shown a great willingness to simply print money up out of nothing and debase the currency. But you see, California can't do that. So when they, they, uh, in, they enact all of these governmental control policies, when they, they decide we're going to provide for more and more as part of the state, well, if they, can't, if they can't collect that money in taxes, they have to borrow it. Well, the problem with borrowing with loans is sooner or later you have to pay them off. And that's where California has recently run into a problem. You see, during the scandemic, when they shut everything down, well, they said, we'll give people unemployment insurance because we, 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 we shut down their businesses. We took away their jobs. And uh, they ran short. In fact, they borrowed almost $20 billion from you, from the American people, from the federal government, to cover their unemployment uh, expenses during the scandemic. Now, in the 2023-24 budget, they did propose taking some money, $750 million, to start paying down the loan to the federal government. But, you know, Governor Newsom decided to make some changes, and um, they spent the money elsewhere. 
And now they've got a problem. You see, they're looking for the federal government to forgive that debt. That's right. They borrowed $20 billion of the people's money, your money, my money, from the federal government. And now they're asking, oh, we don't, please don't make us pay it back. And in effect, they're saying, we've made a lot of bad decisions and we want the entire country to pay for our bad decisions. See, I keep saying that if, 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 if California wants to be a Marxist dystopia, if the people of California want to live in a, a Marxist dystopia, well then, be my guest. Just don't expect me to pay for it. But that's exactly what California wants. They, they had all these generous benefits. They, they shut down their economy. They then borrowed money from the United States, from we the people. And um, now they want you to forgive the loan. Now, I wonder where they got the idea of having their loans forgiven. Gee, maybe it could actually be from the fact that the current presidential administration wants to forgive student loan debts. The, the the idea that we will pay people for making bad decisions, we're going to rob from people who make good decisions to pay for people who make bad decisions, that's kind of the definition of the Marxist utopia, isn't it? Take from, the, 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 take from you according to your ability. Take from those according to their means. If you make more, we'll take more. We just got to pay. You have to pay your fair share. But they never say what that fair share is. It's whatever they want it to be. It's however much they need to pay for whatever boondoggles and, and, and other things they think people need. Now, you would think having to beg forgiveness of a loan that the California, the people who, who represent the citizens of California, the ones that the citizens hire to represent California, would say, maybe we need to get our fiscal house in order. I know that is so funny because you may have heard about the uh, California reparations task force. See California in its warped Marxist ideology focuses every, every race, wherever you can it's, to a racist. Everything is based on race. And let's face it. Most of the leadership in California is racist because they, they judge everything based on race. And they've come up with this brilliant idea. The, uh, they, they, they created this panel that wants to figure out how much of your money they're going to give to black people under the guise of reparations for um, slavery, racism, Jim Crow. Now, here's the interesting thing. So this, this panel approved $1.2 million in reparation payments to all qualifying black citizens. I wonder, does that include all of the, you know, the, the, the wealthy people in, in California as well? Does it? I, now, listen, if they want to be fair, if they actually want reparations, maybe this should be paid not by the citizens of California, but by members of the Democratic Party. Because you have to remember, it was Southern Democrats that actually separated from the Union because they didn't want to give up slaves. It was Southern Democrats that, that created and enforced these, these Jim Crow laws and other laws. Maybe they should be paying reparations. And again, who are they paying them to? Well, African-Americans, except not all black people are African-American. 
They come from other countries. See, I love when they say you need to pay us, you need to pay people because you're racist. While well, these people are saying, "Well, you're racist. If you're black, you must be from Africa." No, that's not true. I have a good friend. He's black. He's not from Africa. His family wasn't from Africa. See, what this is, is nothing more than the, the, the greedy Marxist from each according to his means to each according to his needs. We see money, we're going to steal it. And with California already begging forgiveness for loans, what do you think they're going to do when it's $800 billion bill? That's right, $1.2 million per individual. It's going to cost them at least $800 billion. Where do you think they're going to get that money? You think they're going to go bankrupt? You think they'll just borrow money from the federal government and say, please forgive us, we don't want to pay it back? How long do you expect the rest of the country to pay for your mistakes? Now listen, if there's actually an example where someone can show that this person's family harmed that person's family, take them to court and sue them. They don't want that. These are Marxists. They see people with dollars, they want to take them. And right now, their current beneficiary are black people. But it's nothing more than from each according to his means to each according to his needs. We're going to take from you because, well, we don't have as much as you do. And of course, there are those who say, well, see, once we give them that leg up, then they'll be able to compete evenly. They'll, they'll have, except history shows that never works. That never works. Now, granted, we don't all have the same starting point. There are people in this world, there are people of my generation who were born into families that didn't make as much as my family did. And there are people born into families that made a lot more than my family did. Tough. The question is, are you going to do the most with what you have? Or are you going to spend your entire life as a greedy Marxist, looking at what other people have and trying to figure out ways to steal it. You see, reparations is nothing but a euphemism. It's a euphemism for theft. It's a euphemism for government-sponsored theft. And all this rhetoric about slavery and Jim Crow, it's just a way to justify theft. Because if you had an actual case where you could prove Again, that your family was had money taken from them, was, was denied their rights, or somehow injured by another family. But then you can take it to court. But they don't. I'm not saying there aren't any. But I'm saying the vast majority of these people have no case. This is not reparations. This is not a redress of grievance. This is theft. And it is no different than when the, the, uh, the proletariat came in and said, we are taking your homes, you're taking your bank accounts, we're taking your property, you're going to go live somewhere else because you were bad to us and we're just going to take all your money now. And the one thing that people seem to forget is that in all these Marxist cultures, there is always a proletariat. There is always a group of people that are very wealthy, very powerful. The very people you rail against today are the ones you are empowering today. 
Marxism doesn't get rid of poverty. It makes more people poor. It doesn't get rid of, of income inequality. It makes it worse. Just look at history. How, how, how much money did the, uh, um, the Soviet premiers have compared to their workers? Or the communist leaders have? And what about the infamous Fidel Castro? Well, his people were starving. When he died, he had a net worth in the tens of billions of dollars. See, the, the utopia that they keep promising never actually shows up. Now, I've got some more to consider here, but I have to take another break. Uh, before I do, I hope you'll check out constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. That's my new patriots program where we are working to um, help people do what they want to do better. Give them some tools and resources whether, it, you know, whatever your program is or your product is, check it out. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. But I also want to remind you that the Constitution Study is just one of several voices heard here on AmericaOutloud.com talk radio. So do like I do. Go to AmericaOutloud.com every day to find out the latest news and happenings. But then I'm going to ask you to take the stories, the articles, the videos, the podcasts you find and share them. By sharing this news with others, you can join us as we help to secure the blessings of liberty. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study. And we're kind of asking, what's America's future look like as we continue down a Marxist path? And we keep embracing these, these Marxist ideologies, these Marxist concepts that are simply wrapped up in different terms. Things like uh, you know, Antifa, BLM, CRT, 1619, wokeism, uh, all of this. And as we watch it percolate through, through, all, of our, um, through all of our society, diversity, equity. Well, there's one thing, well, there's a couple things 
that are quite common to most of these people, most Marxists, people who promote a Marxist agenda. They pretty much think they're smarter than everybody else. Well, take this example. Why would an 82-year-old Joe Biden be the right person for the most important job in the world? Because I've acquired a hell of a lot of wisdom. I know more than the vast majority of people. I'm more experienced than anybody's ever run for the office. And I think I've proven myself to be honorable as well as also effective. Now, to me, that's interesting on a couple levels. First of all, I'm not a big fan of polls, but there's a, there have been polls coming out showing that Joe Biden's approval rating is about 36%, meaning roughly one out of three of the people polled approved of how Joe Biden was doing his job. But notice, he thinks he has a hell of a lot of wisdom. He thinks he knows more than the vast majority of people, which probably explains a lot of his attitude. You should do this because, well, I know better. I know better than you. I know better than everybody. And doesn't that explain so much? Well, you have to wear a mask because, well, I know better than you. Sure, there's no scientific evidence, but I know better. You have to take the jab. The jab will stop the spread. I don't have any proof. I don't have any evidence, but I know better than you. He thinks he's, he's more honorable. While we are watching the scandals swirling around him and his family, he thinks he's honorable. It's the, the deceit, uh, uh, the, the self-deceit of so many that look at Marxism. See, they, they, I'm not, I don't believe they're ignorant of the failures of Marxism. I think they are just so convinced that they know better, that they can do it right when everyone else has done it wrong. But the fact that, um, that he considers himself more honorable, the man is a pathological serial liar. Look at his 50-plus years in government. He's been, he, he's lied about his, his uh, education. He lied about getting a, a scholarship. He lied about where in his class he finished in law school. While running for president, it was found that he plagiarized other people's work. But he honestly thinks, and I believe he honestly thinks that he is an honorable man. This has nothing to do, by the way, I'm not even talking about the, the, the shenanigans of his son, Hunter. Look at Biden's own words. I didn't like this uh, the, the, this uh, prosecutor in Ukraine, so if you don't get rid of him, you're not getting government money. And guess what? He got what he wanted. But what happens when you have somebody that believes they can do no wrong? That they're smarter than everybody? That, you know, pay no attention. Who are you going to believe? Your lying eyes or Joe Biden? See, to me, that is the the example of the attitude of the Marxists. We see it all over the place, right? You have, you have um, Governor Newsom in California implementing all these policies. And when they don't work, when they cause problems, it's not my fault. I know better. It's just somebody else made a mess. That's the other thing you see in so many of these things. It's not that when things don't work out the way they told us, it's never the Marxist fault. It's always somebody else's fault. So when... Uh, Governor Cuomo forced nursing homes with elderly people, some of the most uh, uh, susceptible demographic to COVID, when he forced those nursing homes to house COVID patients, when, when I mean, 
he, he said, I know better. The science says you don't put vulnerable people in with the sick, but I know better. And when, it, when thousands of people died, well, somebody else's fault. And just look at the policies, the, uh, the, the insane policies, the, the net zero coming out of, of the federal government, saying we're going to get off of fossil fuels, we're going to have a carbon zero, not looking at the destruction of individuals' lives, of people, not just the economy, not just your freedom, the destruction of people's lives. You know, he's pushing solar panels and, and wind turbines, items that have toxic chemicals that are built by slave labor in, in, in China, that uh, when they're done with their useful life, either can't be or it's very difficult to recycle them, so they end up in the landfills potentially leaching toxic chemicals. But don't matter. We don't worry about that. We'll have electric cars, forgetting that we're going to get the electricity to charge the car. And we're going to get the chemicals, the minerals for the battery that you need to charge in the car. Oh, yeah. Strip mining, slave labor, child labor. Then there was like, well, we're going to ban gas stoves. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. And the only reason that the Biden administration stopped was because of the pushback they got. Then again, the state of New York went ahead with it anyway. And now they're talking about they want zero emissions shipping. Really? Okay, technically what they want is they want to have all electric vehicles used for uh, used in the ports. Right? But what's interesting is he's taking $4 billion of your money to upgrade the ports, which are, in many cases, privately owned, or operated, I should say. See, he knows better than everybody else. There's a good reason why these port operators didn't electrify. We don't care. He has an agenda. He's smarter than everybody. He's smarter than you and me. We should just sit down, shut up, and, and do as we're told. Here's an example. This is uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, the outgoing mayor of Chicago, uh, doing an interview with uh, MSNBC. Uh, mayor Lightfoot, um, just on guns, uh, like many other cities across the nation, Chicago is facing its own challenges. What is your advice to the next uh, mayor about how to tackle Chicago's handgun crisis? So uh, let me break in for a second. See, here we have two Marxists, the interviewer from MSNBC, and Ms. Lightfoot. And the, the setup question is, you know, what should the next mayor do with the quote-unquote handgun crisis? Notice, it's not the people that are carrying the handguns. It's not the people that are using them illegally. It is the hand. Suddenly, we have a handgun crisis. So what is uh, Ms. Lightfoot's uh, recommendation? Well, again, the, the mayor, I'm confident, will continue to do the things that we know uh, work so wait a second, the things that they know work, they have not worked. Chicago has some of the strictest handgun laws, hasn't dropped their murder rate. They have uh, implemented all sorts of these programs that, sh that Ms. Lightfoot knows works, but they fail. But we know they work, so we have to keep doing them, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a, a different outcome. Einstein defined that as insanity. But the problem is... The guns are pouring over the border from uh, states that have mm -hmm. a very different sensibility about gun and, and, and violent crime. And look, just this weekend, we lost um, a young police officer who was killed 
by what I'm sure is illegal handguns in the hands of criminals. Oh, so it's the guns. The guns by themselves are just magically coming across the border. I didn't know the guns had had feet. I thought that was only in cartoons. And finally, she mentions, oh, we have illegal guns in the hands of criminals. So in other words, you've already tried passing these laws that you say you know work, but will fail because you've still got illegal guns and you've still got got criminals. You asked your previous speaker, what were the things that should be done at the national level? And I would say two things, obviously, common sense gun control. But most importantly, most importantly, is strip the immunity that the gun manufacturers have. If individuals and families and communities were able to sue the gun manufacturers for the havoc that they are wreaking and the blood money uh, that they are uh, reaping profits from, we would see a dramatic change. We wouldn't see them making more serious, uh, violent guns. We wouldn't see them having record sales. You see, it's not my fault. It's, it's those evil gun manufacturers. Granted, they make a legal product. They make an effective product. Their product is not defective. But you have defective people, i.e. criminals, that are using it for criminal deeds. And because of that, she's going to blame the gun. And she wants the gun manufacturers. Gun manufacturers do not have immunity. What they have is immunity from nuisance lawsuits. From suing them for what somebody did, what a criminal did with their product. If, if If we treated automobiles the way Ms. Lightfoot wants us to treat handguns or any gun, well then Ford, Chevy, Mercedes-Benz, they would all be out of business in this country because every time someone got in a car drunk, the family of the of victims could sue them for everything they had. This is irrational. But it is classic Marxism. Divert attention, divert the problem to something else. It can't be me. It can't be our, our criminal codes. It can't be our policies. It has to be something evil that I can focus your hatred on. And that's what she does. But when you hear this one. Because every single time in the history of our country where we've seen a product that is unsafe, whether it's baby cribs, whether it's uh, cars, right. whether it's um, other kinds of consumer products, we take those products off the market. We should be doing the same thing with these weapons of war that have no business being in the hands of civilians. Okay, yes, yeah, she broke up there a little bit at the end, but listen to what she's saying. She's equating a perfectly functional firearm, a firearm that, by the way, is not inherently unsafe. I've been around firearms my entire life. I have never seen an unsafe action in a firearm. I've seen unsafe actions by people, but not the firearm. She equates it to a a defective product, like a, a, a defective crib or something else. Again, we have to divert attention. But she says the part out loud that I want you to notice. She refers to them as weapons of war. That's a, that's a bald-faced lie. Um, the AR-15 was actually developed before the M-16, Um, which is the quote-unquote weapon of war she's referring to. But look what she says. They should not be in the hands of civilians. Well, that means who are going to have the guns? See, if they're not in the hands of the civilians, then the only people that have guns work for government. In other words, another Marxist, totalitarian, uh, proletariat wants to remove from you your ability to protect yourself so that you are dependent on the government. 
See, they, they com- conveniently ignore that firearms are used something between 70 and 100 times more per year to stop a crime than to kill someone. They ignore the fact that the very same weapons that Ms. Lightfoot wants to, um, to ban are the ones that people use to defend themselves, their lives, their families. She doesn't want you to be able to do that. She wants you to call a government actor to do that because she thinks she's smarter than everybody else. No, actually, she just thinks she doesn't want you to have a chance to stand up against these tyrants. You see, if you look at most of these Marxist countries, I don't believe any Marxist country actually allowed the civilians to own guns. Because the very same gun that can be used to defend yourself against a mugger is the one that can be used to defend yourself against a criminal government actor. And the last thing they want is to be challenged because they know better than everybody else. Just sit down, shut up, and do what you're told. So what do we do? Why did I go through all of this today? Well, I went through this for a couple of reasons. One reason is for you to see that we talk about these, these people and we talk about their, their programs and their agendas and we frequently kind of gloss over the idea that this is simply, in many cases, rebranded Marxism. It's Marxism by another name. We need to understand, because of that term, that word Marxism, for many Americans... Has a, a vis, creates a visceral reaction because we've seen the damage of Marxism. We've seen the reports of the deaths of tens of millions of Americans. Sadly, not enough Americans have because it's not taught in the schools. In the schools, we're taught that capitalism is evil and that socialism and Marxism are good when it's socialism and Marxism that have led to poverty, that have led to destruction, while well, it's capitalism that has led to freedom and to a better lifestyle. We, we ignore the, 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 the racist overtones of just another Marxist attempt to control people, to think, we know better than you do, you must do what we want the way we want. And by the way, I focus a lot on, you may notice many of the people I talk about you know, are Democrats, Lori Lightfoot, Joe Biden, Calif- you know, Newsom in California, Cuomo. I see this on, on the other side as well, just around different ideas. I was uh, on a conference call and people were talking about, well, we have to we have to do this to protect conservatism. You're telling me you have to force people to do things your way because you know better than everybody else how to be a conservative? It happens. I don't have a recording of it, but it, I, I, I've heard it. So the first thing we need to do is need to be aware. Next... You need to recognize these people have power because we give it to them. And until we learn that they are our servants, that they're there to serve us, not rule us, that they are not smarter than everybody else. In fact, in many ways, they have less common sense. (laughs) Lori Lightfoot talks about common sense gun control, except all of her common sense gun control uh, uh, policies have failed. Chicago has has one of the worst murder records in the country. Stop looking for some Marxist to tell you it's all going to be, you know, uh, sunshine and lollipops and everything will be fine. Learn to live free. Learn to take responsibility. Learn to, well, look at these Marxists in the eyes and say, no. No, we know better than that. 
And while you're at it, why don't you bring some friends and join me here at the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, well, you can find the podcast. Listen on your favorite podcast app. The episodes come a day or two after the Heard on Talk Radio. But do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave me a rating or review. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. And you can find all the links at the homepage right there on AmericaOutloud.com. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Share them. Let other people know. Let other people see the possibilities. Let other people know that there are others out there that are as concerned about our future as you and I are. Help others to join us as we share in the blessings of liberty. 